Good morning. Our scripture today comes from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians, verses 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have in my heart and, whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Marlene, won't you please pray with me for just a moment? Oh, speak, Heavenly Father, from the richness of your word and the power of your spirit. Speak a word we can understand and receive with joy and live with passion. We pray that in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. So there's an old story about a preacher who was not very well loved by his congregation. He was kind of rough around the edges, and when he preached, he was long and boring. I mean, he would preach 45-minute sermons, and they were very dry. And it was taking a toll on the congregation Nobody really cared much for this pastor. They tried several times to get rid of him, but uh, had not had any luck. And the one thing they liked about this preacher, though, was every Sunday after he finished one of his long, boring sermons, he would allow the congregation to choose the, the closing hymn. They could request a hymn, and then they'd all sing it together. They liked that part, but beyond that, they didn't care much for it. And, and his long, boring sermons and his gruff manner had caused a lot of problems in the church. A lot of people had left. Attendance at worship was down. Membership was down. Giving was down. It wasn't going well. And they didn't know what to do about it. But uh, one particular Sunday, the pastor stood up. And after his long, boring sermon, said to the congregation, Before we take a request for the closing hymn, I have an announcement to make. This will be my final Sunday as your pastor Yes, I have been thinking about it and praying about it. And Jesus has called me to go and take another church in another state. And I wasn't sure if it was Jesus or not, but I've been praying about it and praying about it. And Jesus has made it clear to me that it, He is calling me away from this place. And Jesus calls. And when Jesus calls, I must obey. And then He says, now is there a request for a closing hymn? And a little lady in the front row said, Can we sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus? I tell you that story this morning because I need to laugh a little bit. And maybe you do too. This is a hard Sunday for me. As anybody could tell you from the last service, this is, this is tough. Uh, this is my last Sunday as your pastor here at Ebenezer. This is my final sermon. You know, when I came here back in 1995, 22 years ago, 
with my wife and our two little kids. I figured I'd be here four, five, six years like most Methodist pastors and then I'd move on. Little did I know what God had planned for us together here. And it has been my highest privilege to serve as your pastor. And uh, I told uh, Pastor Rob that he is coming to the greatest church in Virginia when he comes here. Great people, great leaders, great facilities, great community, great potential. You know, they're going to be opening up this road here this week. It's supposed to be Wednesday. And uh, just to warn you, when you come next week, when you're coming and going, be aware of that. But uh, there's, a, there's a lot happening in our community and a lot yet to happen. And uh, I believe Ebenezer's future is going to be even greater than her past. And you get to be a part of that. And Pastor Rob, I know, is going to lead you well. I'll be here next Sunday with, with my family and we'll be in the gathering room to greet you, have a farewell reception, but this really is my final sermon with you, and I I just want to take a moment and say a couple of things. I'll try not to go for 45 minutes, and I'll try not to be boring. (laughs) First thing I want to say is I'm sorry. I had a very wise older pastor early in my ministry who said to me, whenever you leave a church... Take a moment on your final sermon to apologize to everybody. He says, because you never know who you may have hurt, disappointed, and frustrated. And uh, uh, some folks will come and tell you, and you can apologize to them in person. But there'll be some folks who, who never do, and they'll carry that hurt with them. And sometimes if you would just take an opportunity on your final Sunday to say you're sorry, that'll help heal some some wounds that you never intended. And I, here's what I know. 22 years in this church, I'm sure I've disappointed or frustrated or hurt some folks, maybe in something I said in a sermon or in an e-note or, or maybe something I said at a meeting. I, I don't know, but here's what I know. While most of you are sad to see me go, there may be a couple of you here this morning singing under your breath, what a friend we have in Jesus. And so I just want to say I'm sorry. You know, I really am if I've hurt you in any way. If You know, Max Dupree used to say that leadership is the art of disappointing people at a rate they can stand. And I know, being a leader of a church like this, as we've grown and changed over the years, we've had to make decisions, some of them very popular, some of them not so popular. I never made those decisions on my own. Always made those decisions in prayer and in conversation with our leaders. We always try to make the best decisions, but I know not every decision was greeted by everybody with joy. And to the extent that that caused problems, I am sorry. And I also know sometimes as a pastor, I, I haven't been as attentive as I could have or, or should have. Uh, as Ebenezer began to grow and we got lots of new people, sometimes I spent a lot more time, effort, and attention on the new people coming in than the people who were already here. And, and uh, I didn't always respond to your needs maybe the way I could have or should have. And I'm sorry for that, for, for any hospital visit that didn't get made when you were sick or any phone call that you didn't receive when you were struggling or or sometime when you said something to me in the hallway on a Sunday and then I forgot to follow up. I'm sorry for all of that if that happened. Isn't it great we have a Savior who forgives us? And uh, I hope if you have any ill will toward me, you'll forgive me in Jesus' name because life's too short to be bitter. Wouldn't you agree with that? So please, if anybody needs this today, I, please accept my apology. I'm sorry. But I also want to say this morning, I want to say thank you. 
Thank you for making this season of my life the greatest I've ever enjoyed. It's, it's truly been an honor and a privilege to, to be with you these 22 years. It's, it's gone so quickly. But it's been great. So thank you for attending worship regularly, for volunteering in Sunday school and in the nursery as parking lot ushers and greeters and all the different ways you've served, helping with our youth and being in small group. And thank you for your financial generosity. You know, we've uh, completed two multi-million dollar building campaigns here and we are now debt free. And a lot of that, yeah, amen to that. A lot of that has to do with your financial generosity and sacrifice over the years. So thank you for that. And, and thank you for your kindness to, towards my family. You know, when a church receives a pastor, they don't just receive the pastor. They also receive his entire family. My children were very young when we came here. Uh, Josh was going into third grade. Jessica was going into kindergarten. And uh, they grew up in this church. And you've, you've been so good to our family. So thank you. I, I remember about 10 years ago when Jessica was a senior in high school, she fell, had an accident at school, and uh, had a basal skull fracture, had to get medevaced up to Fairfax Hospital, had traumatic brain injury. And I can still remember that first night when she was in ICU in a coma, and Lynn and I were there. We weren't sure if she was going to come out of the coma, and we didn't know if, uh, when she did, if she did, what kind of person she would be. Brain injury can be a funny thing. I thank you for your prayers during that time and the well wishes we received from you, the meals of support, the, the embraces. That, thank you for all that generous support during that time. And you may know Jessica recovered fully. She's doing great now. In fact, she and her husband Derek were here at the last service with uh, uh, their child, my grandchild, uh, and uh, they're doing great. But thank you for being so supportive of our family during that challenging time. And thank you for putting up with my son, Josh. You know, Josh would sometimes help lead the praise band, and he would play in the praise band. And uh, when he would do that, he wouldn't wear shoes. He'd be barefoot up here. And I know that bothered some of you. I got a few anonymous notes, and and I know. Can I tell you it bothered me too? You know, uh... Uh, but you know, when you're a parent of a teenager, especially a preacher's kid, you gotta pick your battles. And I was just thankful he was up here helping to lead worship. But I did talk to him about it and he, I said, Josh, why aren't you wearing shoes up there? Your bare feet just seems kinda odd. And then he, he quoted that passage in Exodus where God spoke to Moses at the burning bush and told Moses, take your shoes off cause you're on holy ground. And Josh said, Dad, I just feel like that's holy ground up there and I take my shoes off. How are you going to argue with a kid who's quoting scripture, right? <laughs> so, so thank you for putting up with his bare feet and his blue hair and his lip ring and the time in worship when he said, turn to your neighbor and give him a back massage. I don't know what that was about, but Josh is doing great now. He's married. He and his wife, Michelle, are uh, in England right now. He's got a three-year job over there with a defense contractor and his hair is normal no more lip ring he wears a suit it's amazing what a paycheck will do to you right? <laughs> but uh, he's doing great and he'd be here this weekend if he could and uh, thank you 
for loving my kids. And thank you for supporting my wife, too. Uh, it's not always easy for a pastor's wife. Uh, when a pastor comes in, especially in the Methodist church, there's sort of this preconceived notion about what a pastor's wife is supposed to do. She's supposed to help lead the children's choir, and she's supposed to be the president of the United Methodist Women's Organization, and she's supposed to be with the pastor at every event the pastor goes to. And uh, We have a great children's choir. Our United Methodist Women is a wonderful organization. But Lynn felt called to other areas of mission and ministry, and we never felt the pressure to fit into a certain mold. And uh, she taught in Sunday school, helped with the preschool, helped with the youth group for many years, led a mission trip last year to Costa Rica. She found her own place of mission and service where she believed God was leading her. And I thank you for allowing her to do that. You have been so very supportive of my family. And I know you'll be equally supportive of Rob's family when they get here because that's the kind of church you are. It's the kind of people you are. So... Thank you for the cards, the letters, the notes, especially these past uh, few weeks as uh, you've found out that uh, our time here is coming to a close. Thank you for your goodness towards me and my family. I also want to say something else because this is a time of transition and I just want to remind you of something very important. When it comes to the church, you know, it's it's really not about the preacher, it's about the Savior. Can I get an amen on that? Right? Yeah. It's not about the preacher, it's about the Savior. And during a time of transition like that, it's, this, it's really important to remember that. I'm not uh, trying to downplay the importance of the, the role of the pastor in the church and the human element of the church. I, I know that's true. And I work really hard to make sure that when we gather for worship each week that you have a word from the Lord that is relevant and inspiring and helpful to you. And uh, I've, I've worked really hard at that. And I know Pastor Mark works really hard at that. And... We'll continue to uh, make worship honoring to the Lord and worthy of your time and effort to be here. But ultimately, it's not about the preacher, is it? It's about the Savior. That's why we come. We come because Jesus is our Lord and we want to give gratitude to Him. We want to just be reminded once again of who we are and whose we are and the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. I, uh, I heard a story once about Dr. Henry Ward Beecher, who was a very famous preacher in the 1800s, he was kind of like the Joel Osteen of his day. Uh, He would go on preaching tours, and wherever he would go, the the church would be packed out. People loved to hear Dr. Beecher preach because he was so powerful. He was such a great orator. One day he was in a and scheduled to come to a church in, in New Hampshire, and word got out, and people got all excited. And that Sunday morning, the place was packed full of people, standing room only. Newspaper reporters were there. It was so full that they had to open the windows of the sanctuary, and people stood out in the yard hoping to, to just get a, a, a glimpse of, of Dr. Beecher and hear a little bit of his sermon through the window. And about five minutes before the service began, a, a man walked up to the front of the congregation. It wasn't Dr. Beecher. It was his younger brother, Edward, who was also a preacher and a pastor and a theologian. And Edward Beecher looked at the crowd and he said, I have an announcement to make. Our worship service will begin in five minutes. So if you want to prepare your hearts, that would be good to do. And then he said, I also want to let you know that my brother Henry will not be able to be here this morning. He has the flu. He sends his regrets. He's recovering, but he's just not able to preach. I'm going to be your preacher this morning instead. And after uh, Edward made that announcement, you could hear the grumble of disappointment in the congregation. 
Reporters closed their notebooks and headed to the door. Lots of people followed them out and, and the church was beginning to empty and, and Edward stood up again and he said, excuse me friends, excuse me, I have another announcement to make. He says, our, our worship service will now begin in three minutes. So you may want to prepare your hearts for that. And he said, and I also want to say this, those of you who came to worship the Lord Jesus are welcome to stay, but those of you who came to worship my brother Henry are free to go. You know, uh, we understand that here at Ebenezer. We understand that we don't come to hear a particular pastor. We come to worship the Lord Jesus. Now here's what you need to know about Pastor Rob. He's an excellent preacher. Uh, in fact, I was a, I mentored Rob for several years. I was in a mentor group and he was one of uh, uh, the folks I got to mentor. And I know his gifts and ability and his heart and his spirit. And you are going to be very pleased. Uh, but even when Pastor Rob isn't preaching, Pastor Mark Montgomery will be preaching, and Mark's an outstanding uh, preacher as well, and he's honing his craft. And uh, You're in good hands. But ultimately, it's not about me, it's not about Pastor Mark Montgomery, and it's not about Pastor Rob. It's about the Savior, it's about Jesus. And uh, we'll always have to keep that in mind, because uh, preachers come and go, but Jesus is the Savior. Amen. So, one last word, and then I'm going to finish a little early, if that's all right. Uh, this is not goodbye. This is just see you later. And I mean that in two ways. First of all, it's not like uh, we're moving halfway around the world. We're just moving a couple hours down the road to Virginia Beach, and we're not that far away. And, in fact, if you get up and hit the road by 7 a.m. on Sundays... <laughs> You can be at our church to worship and make it back in time for lunch. No, no. I don't want you to do that. Well, actually, I do want you to do that, but don't. Uh, But we're not going to be that far away. And uh, Virginia Beach United Methodist Church has a website, and the sermons will be posted on the website if you want to listen sometimes. And uh, Virginia Beach Church also has an app for your phone. If you want to get that on your phone, you can listen to sermons when you jog or... Uh, do other things, go running errands. So, so you, you'll still be able to keep up a little bit with me if you want. I'm, I'm always happy to have you do that. I, I have email. I'm on social media. You know, the beauty of technology these days is that uh, we can stay connected in spite of the miles that might separate us. But here's what I want you to know. Even though I'm no longer going to be your pastor, I still want to be your friend. And I hope you'll come and visit sometimes. And I hope You'll stay in touch. And most of all, I hope you know that this isn't goodbye. This is just see you later. In another sense, that's also true in that, you know, this life isn't all there is. This isn't even the best of all there is. We're all just passing through, aren't we? We're on our way to a place far more beautiful, more amazing, more wonderful than this. The new heaven and new earth that Jesus has promised us that awaits us when this life ends. The incredible, I mean, we'll be, we'll be singing God of wonders around the throne someday together again. And it's going to be amazing. See, we have a love that binds us together. And where there is union, there will also be reunion in a place far more beautiful than this, where we will know and be known, where we will love and be loved. And that will go on forever. There will be no more goodbyes in heaven. In today's uh, scripture lesson, the Apostle Paul writes to the 
church in Philippi, which was one of his favorite churches. And uh, he thanks them for their partnership in the gospel. He encourages them to keep growing in their faith and to be in mission and ministry to their community. And then, then he says this word of confident hope. He says, I'm sure that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. That phrase, the day of Christ Jesus, meant that day when this life ends and the new, more beautiful life begins and we see our Lord face to face and we hear Him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the day we're all living for and waiting for and looking forward to. And that's the day when we'll all be together again. And maybe sometimes even before then. I I like to think on a day like today that up in heaven... Dave Russell, Mary Stewart and Francis Clough, the Duffies, so many more, Shirley Emery, so many more who were part of this church years ago and made the decision to move to this location that maybe right now they're up in heaven celebrating with us this morning. Um, But the bottom line is, friends, this isn't the best there is. The best is yet to come. As Paul says, if our hope is only in this life, we're of all people to be most pitied. And as I often say, we're not in the land of the living moving towards death. We're in the land of the dying moving towards life. That's the hope we have. And that's why we can always say, it's not goodbye, it's just see you later. Dr. Seuss has a famous line, you've probably heard it. It says, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. I assure you, when I look back over these 22 years, I will smile because it happened. And I'll know this, that the the one who began a good work in you and me, he'll bring it to completion. Because the best is yet to come. Let's pray. Oh, thanks and praise to you, Lord God, for your church and the privilege to be part of that. We don't have to do this. We get to do this, and we're thankful for it. And during this time of transition, Lord, uh, help us. Help us to remember what's important and who's important and why. And help us to continue to worship and grow and serve in your holy name. We pray that in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen.